1 Peter 2, 13. We're just doing a few verses, very topical Bible study type of teaching today. I'm sure it will, um, it will sit with some very well and with others not so much. Everybody there? Let's pray. Ask God to be with us. Lord, we thank you so much that your word upsets apple carts every place it's read. We thank you that your word is not confusing, and we apologize that we and so many others have made it confusing. Thank you, God, that you say what you're going to say, and you do what you're going to do. Thank you, God, that there's warning and warming all for all to have. Please, Holy Spirit, lead and guide my words. May my passion not get ahead of myself. May my sin not infiltrate. And may it be your spirit that tells us the things that we ought to know. Only by your love and power can we do these things. So we need them and call upon them. In Christ's name, amen. Therefore, verse 13, chapter 2, the book of 1 Peter, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Please give me your attention. That's the only Bible, uh, that's the only part of First Peter we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at a lot of verses, some you can turn to if you want. Let me explain to you a, a movement in the church that has started at the very beginning. There was a section of scripture where in Matthew 21, the Pharisees, the leaders of the government, the leaders of the religion, they come to the Lord and they say to him, Excuse me, sir, let me paraphrase. We know you're a righteous man and you do what's right. You know everything about everything. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Is it lawful? Is it legal? Is it right for a Christian or a Jew to pay taxes to Caesar? They got him. If he says no, the Romans are going to kill him for telling people not to pay their taxes. If he says yes, the people will rebel against him because they don't believe that the final authority is the government. How is he going to get out of this? He looks at me and he says, show me a denarius, which is, give me a quarter. Give me a silver dollar. He takes it from me and goes, whose inscription is on this? What I love about it is his verbiage, his, his vernacular, his power in his words. He didn't shrink back. He was, oh man, what am I going to do? They got me. No, no. 
to the contrary. Verbose, bold, brazen. Whose inscription is this? It says Caesar's. And he flips it back to me. He goes, then you give to Caesar what's Caesar's, but you give to God what's God's. <sighs> Drats, foiled again. Now, the upside is we serve a God who looks past the two sides of the coin that we think we live on. The downside is many have taken that verse to believe we are to obey the government and to do whatever the government says. The verses that we just read are used by pastor upon pastor upon pastor upon elder and deacon alike, upon church leader, upon all to say you must do what the government says according to this scripture. Now, I would, if I could, show you a video from CGN, Calvary Global Network, a man named Brian Broderson. He is the leader of Calvary Chapel Global Network. He is Chuck Smith's very son-in-law. And I would show that video now. I would say, play the video. And he'd play the video, and he would say, you don't have rights. As a Christian, you're supposed to lay down your rights. You who say, I will not close my church. Open your church because you think you have rights. The government says we should obey the ordinances. And with gasp and awe, those with balls look and go, you coward. You coward. You feckless. Fall to ruin. False pastor. Leader of men. The head of our church. Chuck Smith rolling his grave to hear such things. <gasps> I cussed. You ain't heard nothing yet. I can't show you that video because they put it on private. He hid it out of embarrassment and shame, I'm sure. Don't know what's in his heart, but why can't I find this video? It was all over the internet just a couple of months ago. This is why Calvary Chapel as a movement has fractured, has splintered. What it was and what it is is now gone. We are Calvary Chapel Association, Calvary Chapel of Deerfield Beach. We follow Chuck Smith's original teachings, and under the leadership and guidership of my senior pastor, Chuck Smith first, then Calvary Chapel Association, which is a group of men of which I fall under, Raz Vasquez, Ch uh, Ken Graves, Jim Coy. Because we don't close our churches because the government says so. We don't obey government authorities. Let me explain to you exactly what he means here. Cut the crap. That's what he means. My pastor said when he first got saved, he was still pushing, he was still moving a little uh, coke once in a while. Got saved, started going to church, but he had to make a living. So, man, you know, he turned a quarter here and, and push an A there, make bucks. But don't worry. He would tithe on the money he was making. <laughs> As a young believer, I understand that heart. I also, a brand plucked from the fire when I first got saved, I didn't know what to do or how to do it. I was kind of like, I don't know. 
I see the box on the damn thing. It's supposed to feel like a good thing to do. So I write a check and put it in there. Half of the money came from illegal gains. This verse does not say to break God's law for man. It does not say become a feckless follower of the government. It says cut it out. If you're doing illegal stuff and you're a Christian, stop. Because you blow your witness if you get arrested. You blow your witness if you get caught. You, you completely are a bad witness for Christ. Yeah, but that's not what it says, Ryan. You see, let me read it again. It says, submit yourself to every ordinance, every institution, every law of man. For the Lord's sake, whether the king is supreme or the governors, you see, you're supposed to listen to what it says. Okay. I'm going to do something. Could uh, uh, Jonah, would you please come up here? Marty? Actually, Jason, please, younger brother. These are books. I want you to hand out one of the books and one of the things. So one of these and one of these to everybody. One of those and one of these to everybody. What this is is the United States Constitution. It also has the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. I want everyone to possess one. Also a little bookmark that says, We the People. When you came to the United States, you came to a country free. Why everybody wanted to come? Why my grandparents came to this country? My grandmother, Sicilian-born, Palermo, we got to go to America. America is just the land of the free and the home of the brave. My grandfather, a Russian Jew, fleeing communism, Nazism. We must go to America. In America, hard work, you can become anything. We are the city on a hill. We are the place that any person can come and work hard. Doesn't matter their color, their origin, doesn't matter. Now, you might be one of those in the collegiate realm coming from universities to and fro, and you might hear about the United States being a place of racism, institutional, keeping the black and brown man down. The Lord Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me daily. Let me explain. Let me, let, me, let me put that in theory. Suck it up, buttercup. We all got it tough. Don't let that stop you. You know what the great thing about America is, guys? You can be a racist if you want to be. You want to be racist? Be a racist. And you know what will correct you? Capitalism. You're a racist? Ain't nobody going to want to work with you. You're a racist? Nobody going to want to go into your business. You're allowed to be a racist. You don't want to like Italian people. You don't want to like Hispanic people. You don't want to like white people. You can do that in America. You can wear a shirt that says, I hate whitey. I don't care. Let me tell you something. There's a store some of you are familiar with right across the street. Target. Target about two years ago they announced they believe 
You need more? I, there's more of them if you need more. I didn't, I didn't realize. There, if you grab them on my desk, there's another box on my desk, and, and I'll get more if you need them. I want everybody to have one. Target about two years ago announced that they were no longer going to be uh, um, they don't care whether you're a man or a woman. You can use any bathroom you want as long as you say you identify. So that is the last time that I went into a Target. They have the right to do that. They are a privately owned business. And in America, you can be anything you want to be. That's why I bet if I ask how many of y'all here come from Brazil, how many of y'all come from Cuba, some might even come from Colombia. I know a bunch of folk come from Haiti. And why did you come here? If things were so good in your home country, you might answer one of two ways. I came here because my business, I came here because, but the end of it is you came here because you wanted to. Hallelujah. Welcome to our country. Work hard. Become successful. Right? Ryan, what does this have to do with the Bible study? Everything. Everything. We, the people of the United States, in order to, for, in order to form a more perfect union, establish just, justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States. Read it on your own at home. I am a reptile salesperson. I moved to Florida because I darn well wanted to. When I was in my early 20s, because I come from the streets of New York, I got tired of getting arrested, I got tired of spending time in jail, and I wanted to flee what was going on in my family and friends, and I came down to Florida to hunt snakes. Because in New York, there's no snakes, but in Florida, they're everywhere. So I moved down to Florida, and I met this guy, and he took me out to Belle Glades, and he taught me how to snake hunt. And snake hunt I did, and I would go out and collect snakes and lizards, and I'd call my friends in New York and go, hey, did you hit Bob's Tropical Pets on Liberty Avenue? Yes, good, I'm gonna send you these. And I would box them up, and I'd bring them to the airport, and I'd ship them over there. Well, something's happened over the last 30 years of my business. Animal rights activists, people who believe that animals have more need of protection than humans, who are completely for aborting a child in any time, they want us to not do business anymore. They want animals to be free and only in the wild. So my business is now highly regulated. And little by little by little by little by little, the governments and the local municipalities have taken chunks and chunks and chunks out of our business. And you know what we do? We stand up for our rights. No, we don't. We have to follow the ordinances because we don't got it so bad. Imagine if you worked on a pipeline just 10 months ago. Imagine if you were a pipeline worker 
and the, the last president, he opened the floodgates for drilling, and we became energy independent as a nation. And then all of a sudden, this new president comes in and he goes, no more drilling in America. Now the business you're in is illegal. What are you going to do? You got to get another job. Now, why am I saying all this? Is this going to be one of those rah-rah things? No. Let me, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to be satisfied by the end of today's message. You're not going to leave here with a renewed sense of, listen, let's arm ourselves and let's stand up against it. You're not, because that's not the end of our message. I'm trying to tell you that the line of demarcation between disobeying the government authorities and between standing up for your rights, man, it's a fine line, and it's blurry. But I'm going to tell you where it definitely is not. When the government tells you to be quiet about your faith, This is what they told the Lord Jesus. Let me, um, let me read you. Um, we might come back here. We might not. Turn to Romans chapter 13. That's a few pages to the left. Book of Romans, right after the book of Acts. If you hit the book of Acts, you've gone just a little too far. Romans chapter 13. Just give me a quick amen when you're there so I can lay this out for you. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. Those who resist will bring judgment on themselves, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you want to do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject. Not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom are taxes, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Ryan, you're confusing us. There's a man named Harry Reid who just died. Harry Reid was a senator for, oh goodness, forever. Some years ago, we had Mitt Romney. How that guy got to be that, I don't know. A pseudo-Republican. By the way, for sake of this Bible study, I'm no Republican. Keep that yourself in mind. I ain't no Democrat. I ain't no Republican. I'm on God's team. That's it. And I don't fall into any category. I'm not a voting block. I'm not a community. Nor am I part of a community. Harry Reid stood on the Senate floor and said, Mitt Romney, this rich, wealthy man, hasn't paid taxes in 10 years. <gasps> and it was a CNN, MSNB, Mitt Romney doesn't pay taxes. Mitt Romney, this multi-multi-millionaire, comes from a wealthy family. He's a Mormon, doesn't pay taxes. Came out a few months later, he was lying. And when Mitt Romney, and when um, Harry Reid retired just two or three years ago, in an interview, they said to him, um, you proclaim that Mitt Romney didn't pay taxes. 
said, that turned out to be false. What do you have to say about that? He looked at this interviewer, smug as you can be, and he said, Mitt Romney didn't win, did he? Look it up on YouTube. It's not like some quiet thing. Nancy Pelosi, about five years ago, she is the Speaker of the House. She is the highest ranking member in Congress. She is third in line for the presidency, this woman. She has a small little district she represents in San Francisco. Thus, because she has a small little district in San Francisco, she will never be voted out of office for anything she does or says. When the Bill and Hillary Clinton made up this lie about President Trump saying that he was a Russian agent, he knew it was a lie, they knew it was a lie, she knew it was a lie. All of their minions, all of their leaders, all of their representatives went out on TV and said, Putin has something on him. He's a Russian agent. We have proof. Nancy Pelosi called a closed session of Congress. Adam Schiff, all of these politicians in a closed session of Congress when they had to testify were asked one question, guys. Do you have any proof that the President of the United States, Donald Trump, is acting as a Russian agent? And all of them testified, no. Why did they testify no? So that they could not be accused of lying to Congress. But they went out on every talk show. They went out on every TV station. They went out on every news program and said just the opposite. That's dirty, man. And all they did was protect themselves. You're doing it again, Ryan. You're just doing this to confuse you. You're just, you're, you're, I don't understand. So should we not pay taxes? I mean, they're using our tax money for abortions. You know that. Government-funded abortions. You know that, that. I mean, come on. I'm going to stop paying taxes. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender my United States citizenship. When I have a child, I'm not even going to let him get a, a, an ID number. He's not going to get a social security card. I think you're missing the point. You're called to be in the world, not of the world. Well, where's the line? Where's the line of demarcation? Listen, we all have these great visions. We all have these wonderful visions. If you guys remember, um, maybe that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, The Terminator, the first Terminator, right? When everything's underground and the underground resistance, and, and there it is, and, and, and we can't be apart because the robots are going to come and get us. And there was that movie with uh, Christian, Christian Bale. What is that movie where he's like, Where, where, where they all take shots to block their emotions. Uh, 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 equilibrium. equilibrium. 
you haven't watched that good movie, watch that. It's a really, really good movie. One of his early movies. All society takes these shots so they don't have any emotions. But there's some people who see stake. We don't want the government to have control of us. So they start this underground movement. And Guys, I want to read to you something. Bible verses. Turn there if you want. Otherwise, just listen. Revelation chapter 13, 11 through 18. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and all who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives all who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth, to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as who do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Ready? He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or their forehead. And no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is six, six, six. <laughs> I don't like that. That's weird. We always thought it was social security numbers. Tell you a funny thing, my social security number, the first three numbers add up to six. The second number has a six in it, and the last number has a six in it. Ah, get the make of the beast. No, I don't. Verse, I'm sorry, Revelation 14 and 11. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Revelation 16, 2. So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men, who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Revelation 19.20 Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. And I saw thrones and sat on them, and the judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their worship beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and who had not received the mark on their forehead or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The mark of the beast is coming. Some would say the mark of the beast is the vaccine. 
Oh, I can tell you story after story. As a matter of fact, what I, I suggest, highly recommend, encourage you, listen to Joe Rogan's two podcasts, one with Peter McCulloch, the other with Robert Malone, and you see how in-depth this wickedness goes. How these liars, a coordinated lie with this wicked, wicked Fauci, with this president, I mean, I might have gotten the vaccination. I might have gotten it if he hadn't told me so many stinking times to get it. <laughs> hey, they came up with a vaccine against COVID. I had that thing, man. It sucks. Get me first. Go get the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, bring it to me. I want you to get the vaccine. You, why are you not getting the vaccine? <laughs> I was going to get the vaccine. Why do you want me to get it so bad? You need it. I know I need it. You know, this is a, uh, a deadly disease. And we came up with this vaccine. Don't you vaccinate your kids? Yeah, but the vaccine for the kids took 10 years to develop and tests and studies and, and the ones that were bad we put away. And if somebody got in, you know, you're not kind of doing it the same way. Get the vaccine! You said that, like, a lot. And now you're kind of freaking me out about the vaccine thing. You want to explain this to me? Yes, I'll explain it to you. Get the vaccine! Our patience is wearing out. Go get the vaccine. Really? Your patience is wearing out, huh? Let me see here. Article number two. My favorite. Tyranny of the government. Bearing arms. You don't tell me what to do in America, Jack. This is America. This is America. Close your business. Say what? Listen, what this government has done, for whatever reasons they have, and, and probably that's the biggest thing, why are they doing this? Is there a reason somebody can come up? Somebody explain to me, well, here's why these governors and these mayors have turned so tyrannical. They're protecting, protecting who? Protecting who and protecting what? I know friends that had restaurants, cafes, bars, their whole life's work, gone. Gone. People who have been in a non-essential industry. Oh, you gotta wear a mask outside, wear a mask inside, wear a mask here. Now does it get the vaccine, you won't get it. Well, there's these things that are break through that lie upon lie upon lie upon lies, and all ending in the same place. Get the vaccine. <laughs> she yells at you like that. You wanna know it's a funny thing? Philita. You know what the thing is about this? And this is very interesting. The country you come from, people obeyed the government or they paid a high price. You don't disobey the government in most cities in, in, in Brazil. You will, you wind up, it, there's an old saying, we throw you in a room and throw away the room. Unfortunately, the president doesn't have a whole lot of power. We, we learned that not only in America when we had a president who was actually for the United States. Um, 
no giant fan of the guy, but a giant fan of America being me. Uh, because of America as a, as a, as a theory, as a, um, it was a test. It was a, um, it was an idea. Government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Let me uh, tell you something before we continue on. Very famous man, he's a uh, very famous historian. Ale Alexis de Tocqueville, a very French, uh, a French um, political scientist. In the 1800s, he saw the success of America and he said, what is it about this country? Well, how could they prosper so quickly? You've had, you know, you had Europe and the Europeans have been nations for literally thousands of years. But how did this country progress, succeed? How did they do so well, so fast? So Alexander de Tocqueville, with an open mind, he came here and he studied. Let me read to you some of his findings. He has a very famous book called Democracy in America. Now please understand this. If you've not <laughs> if you've not gone to college, you, don't, you, you know these things. If you have, you don't. America is not a democracy. We are a constitutional democratic republic, a representative, so that the needs of the many do not outweigh the needs of the few, so that the big cities do not dictate what happens in the little cities. We don't want guns in New York. You ain't got coyotes in your backyard, that's why. <laughs> well, we don't think you should have more freedom than us. Oh, there's more people here, though. That was what a, a representative constitutional republic was supposed to stop. This is why Alexis de Tocqueville, his observations were so important. Alexis de Tocqueville is best known for Democracy in America, which he wrote after spending 10 months of 1831 and 1832 in the United States on a mission from France to study American prisons, then considered progressive. There's a really good movie. I highly, highly recommend it. It's probably cost two or three bucks to get. It's called America, Imagine a World Without Her. America, Imagine a world without her. Please watch it. It goes into detail about Alexis de Tocqueville, how when he was walking through America, he crossed the line, the, what's called the, the line of Dixie, and he went from slavery, at the time there was still slavery, to free. And he noticed when you enslave people to work, you don't get production out of them. But when you give people the freedom, the same people, the same color of people, white, black, brown, whatever color, yellow, if you want to use that as a representation of, of, of the Asians, they, on the free side, prospered. And those same people, enslaved, on the other side, didn't prosper. Well, of course slaves don't prosper, because the people that are enslaved, nope. Guys, let me let you in a little secret, okay? Don't tell anybody this. Keep this between us. More black people own slaves than white people from a percentage perspective. You know that? So it wasn't all whitey's fault. 
Well, blame somebody, actually. If there's really blame to lay down, blame the Spaniards. But, I mean, we're talking about 500 years ago. Why don't we get over it? Why don't we stop blaming everything on everybody and just work hard and succeed? All right? Alex de Tocqueville noticed the whole system that we had of government was working illogically, and he couldn't figure out why. It does. It shouldn't work. And here was his, here was his um, observations. As the democracy in America revealed, Tocqueville believed equality was the greatest political and social idea of his era. And he thought that the United States offered the most advanced example of equality in action, otherwise known as potential of equality. It's not equity where outcome is, is Equity is when the outcome is guaranteed equal. Equality is when the outcome is up to you. You can't guarantee. One man works harder than another man. And some guys just get lucky. I just got lucky. I just like snakes and I was a spoiled brat. I didn't know the uh, reptile business was going to turn out to be one of the multi-billion dollar industries. I just wanted to hunt snakes, man. You know, I was making, me and I, I, was, I was dating this beautiful, hot blonde who was an insurance agent, and, and she made more money than me. I was making four or 500 bucks a week, and that was good enough for me. Wasn't good enough for her, especially when we had kids. Something crazy happened. Reptiles blew up. And then something crazier happened 25 years later. The government said that my business was an essential business. It made people stay home. And I got rich for a year. Thank you, God. Thank you, United States. I didn't plan on it. But now, the state of Florida is coming after us. And I'm going to stand up for my rights. And I am. I'm going to hire lawyers. I'm going to do it. I don't have to, but I ain't going to break the law. But here's the crazy thing. I, what I wasn't breaking the law a year ago, I'm now breaking the law. You guys know what iguanas are, right? They've been outlawed in Florida. Everybody has an iguana now is breaking the law. I get rid of them. No, I'm going to hide them, put them in my basement. Now, you understand where I'm breaking the law? The ordinance of man. I'm fighting it. We're going to court. We're trying as, a, as an industry. But tegus is a type of lizard that comes from South America. Some of you guys know what they are. That's all I've done for 20 years is tegus. All of a sudden, I woke up one day. Now they're outlawed. Got to get rid of them all. But that's how I make I, I get rid of my tegus. I have to get rid of like 10 employees with them. That's what the government said to do. Now, where am I drawing the line? Where is the line of demarcation between the freedoms that I've been given and the laws that have been presented? God wants me to breed tegus. Be careful. Be careful about that. Just like God blessed you with tegus, God can bless you without the tegus. He didn't say to close the church because you have tegus. He said, close the church because you didn't get the vaccine. 
We didn't close our church, not one day. Won't do it, ain't going to do it, ain't going to happen. And all the people and all the pastors who I was telling that they were cowards. How, could you, how can you close your church? I said, I sent out this letter to all the Calvary chapels. I wrote this letter because that's what I do. I said, all of us have oft wondered what we would do if we were the apostles in Christ's day. We've all read through the Gospels, especially John, and they came for the Lord Jesus, and everybody fled. And we say, I wouldn't have fled if it was me. I'd have stood and fight like Peter. And you closed your churches because the government said so. And you could get in trouble. And you're going to get fined. And what about the people? Well, we did that for the protection of the people. Don't worry. We'll do online church. And don't worry. The little link at the bottom in case you want to keep giving. <sighs> One guy. Ryan, what am I supposed to do? This is the way. You have your own business. This is how I make my money. This is how I feed my family. And I said to him, oh, it's just so bad for you. Get a freaking job! Alexis de Tocqueville, he said, the tyranny of the majority in a democracy is your biggest warning. Advocates of the rights of the minorities have warned that the courts needed to protect those rights by reversing efforts by voters to terminate the rights of an unpopular minority. Exactly what's happening right now, where you have these cities that are really big and they're having gun problems and they're passing gun laws. And people are ignoring the gun laws. But now they want the government. Let me tell you how this happens. Ah, this is so bad, guys. Let me tell you how it happens in the street and, and, and explain to you how it happens on a big way. I, I'm sorry to take you on this road, but when you're in the street and you're surrounded by all this stuff, you're just a kid, 12, 13 years old, and you have a buddy and he's doing something because his family's involved in something. And he says, hey, bro, take a ride with me. Where are we going? Bro, I just, I got to make a delivery. Yeah, let's do it. We make a delivery. Boom, drop it off here. And here's 100 bucks. 100 bucks, thanks, man. 13-year-old, 100 bucks in his pocket. Hey, you want to help me next week too? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, one time we get pulled over. We get stopped. We get arrested. 14 years old. Delivering numbers. Get arrested. Keep your mouth shut. Don't say nothing about it. Say nothing about what? Just don't say nothing. Then you get called into a meeting. What'd you tell him? Didn't tell him nothing. I don't know anything. <laughs> but I certainly like that money. Well, then we do it again. Now it becomes a lifestyle. But now I know. And this is what's happening. What are you willing to do to cover for the fact that what you didn't know now is hurting you? These politicians, they get pulled in. You want to represent the DNC? You want to represent the RNC? Go out there and say this. Okay, I'll go out and say this. Well, what if they find out I'm lying? We got your back. Well, now what are you willing to do not to find out that they're lying. Because if you tell them you're lying and this one or that one told you to lie, 
you could wind up getting Clintonized, committing suicide with the wrong hand. Now what are you willing to do? Now I'm willing to do anything. And now who was once not, now is every bit as culpable, every bit as responsible, and every bit as wicked and foul as the origins, as the beginnings. And that's what's going on in our country. You think that they didn't rob this election from, from Trump? Are you out of your mind? What do you got to do? You got to stick your head so far down the sand to not see that? They robbed this election. Robbed it. I don't care near as much as some people think I do. I don't. I'm no fan of Trump. I'm no fan of politics. I just don't care that much. My Bible says in the book of Isaiah, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. I have the view from the outside, not inside. I look at it from the outside. Are you kidding me? You want to talk about what happened in Arizona? You want to talk about what happened in Georgia? You want to, you want to talk about those things? I was sitting there watching, like, who? Who's going to win? And I hope it's Trump, because from whatever it is, his policies are, are anti-abortion. And I've been through five abortions myself and helped other people. And yeah, I ain't, can't do the whole abortion thing. I hope they outlaw that crap, man, because I know how that destroys people's lives. And I know, I, I minister to people, women all the time who get, got abortions and now can't live with themselves, can't forgive them. That's my, that's my standard. But I'm watching, like, oh, Trump's winning in Atlanta, and all of a sudden they have a pipe that, pipe that burst, and then they stop the count. And the next day, oh, we resume the count. He's not winning. Pennsylvania. Oh, it's too busy. New ballots have been found. Arizona, he's winning by 10 points. The next day, he lost. I'm no political scientist, <laughs> but uh, you people are playing games. You guys are fixing the deck. Ryan, are you going to talk politics the whole time? I have to. Here's why. And, and please, if you're here and you're kind of like seething right now, you're like burning up, I promise you, you're not going to feel much better at the end. <laughs> but it's going to be on the other side. It's going to be on the other side. Because, and I'm gonna, l l let, me give you, let me give you the spoiler alert. It's not our job to, to take up arms against our, I mean, look through the book of Acts. The whole book of Acts was the Apostle Paul who did things against the government. They said, shut up, stop speaking his name. And he said, I will not stop speaking his name. But he didn't go underground. He didn't take up arms. He got arrested and he took his, he took his medicine. And then eventually, they cut his head off. And I'm sure when his head was rolling on the floor, he only spoke the name of Christ because he didn't stop. Let me tell you two things he wasn't. He wasn't a coward and he wasn't a rat. He didn't use the excuse for being a govern government informant. Well, I have to obey the government authorities. It says in Romans 13 and 1 Peter chapter 2. No, 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 no. Don't do that. But, man, that whole underground take up arms. In the, book of Re in the book of Revelation, it says that he who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. And here is the patience and faith of the saints. Hate that verse. 
but I love it. Continuing, Alexis de Tocqueville warned about the tyranny of the majority in a democracy, and the advocates of the rights of the minorities have warned that the courts needed to protect those rights by reversing efforts by voters to terminate the rights of the unpopular minority. People in the cities cannot vote for everybody, and that's what's happening. We cannot tell somebody in Idaho, in Iowa, we cannot tell somebody in, in rural Illinois how to live their lives. We can't do it. That's why the state-by-state state mandate is so important, and that's why we're supposed to be a more perfect union, because we're an imperfect union. Our states are supposed to be free governing themselves. craziest thing. Guy comes out and says, if you voted for Trump, you ain't black. How in the world, how in the world are you going to judge a whole race of people? I mean, how are you going to do that? You know, I, I told a story. It's, it's kind of a, look, I'll show you my ignorance, but, but understand where it comes from. I, I grew up in New York. I grew up in a city, there was black people, there was white people, there was Hispanic people. We didn't grow up prejudiced, but we grew up honest. And in my neighborhood, right next door was East New York. And it was all black people, and they were all crime and junkies and all this other stuff. Now, and then the other side of East New York was all Puerto Ricans. And it was all crime and junkies. Now, my neighborhood, was kind of more of a lower middle class. It was kind of a mixture. I didn't understand, nor did I know, that there was different types of black people and different types of Hispanic people. What do I mean by that? A black person came to our neighborhood. We looked at them, how they were dressed, how they acted, and we judged them according to that. Well, you're wearing a hoodie. You know, you're wearing saggy pants. What you doing in here? You ain't from this neighborhood. What are you doing here? We'd have done the same thing the dude was white. Now, I'm telling you this for this. Watch. I leave New York at my 22. I go to Florida. And not only do I start hunting snakes, you're going to love this one, I start singing in a band. <laughs> Crazy, right? So I sing it in a band, and now my band has a little success, and we go on tour, and we go through Atlanta. Atlanta messed me up. We're playing Georgia State University. And there's this center, Georgia State University and University of Georgia, like share a, a center, a, a courtyard. And we're playing there, and now I'm seeing like black people that talk like this. I'm like, oh, dude, I love your band. You're like, <laughs> I always thought the Cosby show was like make believe. I didn't know like that really existed. Now, I'm sorry, I'm showing you my ignorance. This is how I grew up. I wasn't prejudiced. I don't have nothing again. I never did. And I could prove it to you, too. Ask my brother Matt. He saw, it, he saw the video. But here's what my ignorance did. It made me prejudge people because when I grew up, you were black, you were probably in a neighborhood trying to rob. 
Now, we had a bunch of black people on there, maybe 10, 15% of my neighborhood itself, if it wasn't, listen, now let me break this down a little further for you. If you were black, you talked like me and you act like me. If you were Hispanic, you act like me, you talk like me. If you were Irish, we hated you. <laughs> hated the Irish, they were no good, there was something about them, we called them roast beef, we, we, we just couldn't stand it. Now, to a black person, you're like, what are you talking about? White people, Italian, you're all Irish, that, that, that's the same thing. No way. You ask a Mexican how he feels about a Cuban. You ask a Puerto Rican how he feels about a Mexican. not a Mexican. A Mexican too? Because I know uh, um, what's, what's that? What's that area connected to Haiti? What's that called again? Dominican Republic. <laughs> you ask a Puerto Rican how he feels about Me uh, Dominican. Ah! Same way Italians feel about the Irish. I bet, because they're connected. Oh, there must be nothing but problems. So here's the, here's the point I'm making, guys. When you have some person that says the black community needs to vote for the Democrats because, like, what black community are you talking about? When you get a white guy who says, if you vote for Trump, you ain't black. A white guy said that. And somebody didn't like, be like, get that, get, cut him away. Cart that guy away. Ben Carson, doctor, brain surgeon, Ben Carson, goes on CNN, and they mock him for not being black enough. They mock him because instead of the word ghetto, he said the word ghetto. Like they know nothing about this guy. He grew up in East New York. He fought his way up. He got student loan and paid it back. They don't know nothing about this guy. But here's white people on a news network making fun of a black person for not being black enough. You mean he don't speak like an educated idiot? An uneducated idiot? And that... you think the politics are on your side? True. De Tocqueville leveled some of the sharpest criticism against the American political leaders themselves. This is in the 1800s. He became convinced that the outstanding men avoided elected office in order to pursue their private ambitions and careers. But those who did seek public office, he believed, were often poorly educated and open to corruption. Read his stuff. Read his stuff. Let me read you some verses. Almost done. Proverbs 24. My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those given to change, for their calamity will rise suddenly, and who knows the ruin those two can bring. Proverbs 28.2. Because the transgressions of a land, many are its princes, but a man of understanding and knowledge, right, will be prolonged. When you have a land that is so corrupted and so polluted that you make so many laws, 
you have to keep appointing czars and mayors and leaders and congressmen and councilmen and, and name it. Because of the transgressions of the land, many are its princes. How do you rule the people? That's how. If a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. We have nine judges that run everything in the United States. Again, if you go to college, you probably don't know this. We have something called in the United States called the Supreme Court, and all of our final laws wind up eventually there, at the Supreme Court. And these nine judges get to decide everything that goes on, not in the Constitution. However, that is the system we have. One of the Supreme Court justices yesterday, yesterday was Saturday, Friday, made a statement saying five falsehoods, in case you don't know, they're, they're going to decide whether the vaccine mandate is um, legal or not. If it's, if it's deemed illegal, then he cannot enforce a vaccine mandate on private or public companies or government companies. So this is before the Supreme Court. Now, one of the justices, so politically motivated, she came out and said that 100,000 kids were currently in the hospital. Like, where did you get that from? She said that Omicron was more deadly than Delta. Like, how, if that doesn't... When a ruler pays attention to lies, all the servants become wicked. You got this? Listen to this one. Isaiah 59, 14. Justice, I'm sorry, justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off. For the truth has fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. You have to meditate on that for a while. That's Isaiah 59, 14. Matthew 10.18 says, You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them. All through the book of Acts, over and over again, you must be quiet, you must shut up, you must not speak that name, and we will speak his name. We will not be silent. What somebody said to us the other day, we were on the beach Sunday, what are you going to do when they tell you guys you can't come down here? What happens? We go to public property. We go to a city-owned property. What's going to happen? What's going to happen when they tell us we can't go down to the beach and worship God? What's going to happen? When somebody gets annoyed, somebody gets PO'd at us, they don't like us, we're, we're too loud for the people of course, whatever excuse they, what are we going to do? Should we obey the ordinance? Anybody? Last thing I'm going to um, read to you guys. November 20th, 1945 through October 1st, 1946. The Nuremberg Trials. The Nuremberg Trials were a series of military tribunals held following World War II by Allied forces under international law and the laws of war. The trials uncovered the German leadership that supported Nazi dictatorship. Of the 177 defendants, 24 were sentenced to death, 20 to lifelong prisons, 98 other prison sentences, 20 were uh, acquitted. The trials uncovered the German leadership that supported the Nazi, Nazi dictatorship. Um, many of the prisoners were released early. Why were the Nuremberg trials so important? Nuremberg trials were so important because of this. You cannot any longer say, I was just doing my job. 
We need policemen, firefighters. We need civil servants to stand up and say, I will not do what I'm told. I will do what is right. The military that is now being purged is being purged out. If you don't obey us, get out. Get out. They're going to come after us. Now, please, this is so important. I want to finish the Nuremberg trial thing, but here, before I forget, lest I forget. Guys, two things I've got to remember. Number one is, if you get the vaccine, that's your business, man. Nobody can tell you what to do and what not to do, and that's the whole point. I am very, very, very anti-vax, especially after listening to what these other people have. And more important than that, two more important things than that. One, I already had the virus. I had the Omicron and the Alpha. I had the original one. Darn near almost killed me, but I'm here. I won't live in fear. But it was my choice not to get it. And we were told if you got it, you were safe. We were told if you got it, you're okay. But when the government tells you you lose your job unless you get it, man, you better be careful. Now, I do have, um, I'm working with a group of other men. We have a, um, a series of chemical, uh, a vitamin and chemical cleansers. If you did get it, it will, it will reverse the effects of, of the uh, uh, vaccine as well as of COVID. If you want that, see me afterward. I'll give that to you. Uh, your chances of dying from the, from the vaccine are a little greater than dying from the virus. So the only way they're going to make you get the virus, I'm sorry, get the vaccine, is if they hold your life's work above your head. Could you imagine going to school, studying, and all of a sudden your company, this mandate, hey, I know you studied to be a cop. I know you love helping people, but either get the vaccine or you can't become a firefighter or a cop or anything else. And besides, if you're young and strong, you're probably not going to have a problem with the vaccine. Most, 99.9. So you want to roll the dice, man? Your business. I'm not. I already had the, vac I already had the, vac I already had the virus. I'm not worried about it. I, I also now have the proper treatment of, of it. You follow me? I know the treatments now and what the government did that's so, so horrible. According to Peter McCulloch, according to Robert Malone, 800,000 people died in the United States from COVID. And you know what all of them had in common? All of them had one thing in common, no early treatment. When me and my wife and my family had the, had the COVID, and I have a friend of mine who works at a hospital. You know what he told me? Stay home, rest, relax, and if you start to not be able to breathe, go to the hospital. And these doctors, they said, are you kidding me? You don't tell a patient that. That is the worst advice I've ever given. I said this on last week or, or Wednesday, I don't remember. My granddaughter, Josie, fever, one day, two day, three day, going into the fourth day, it's like, okay, we got to bring it to the doctor now. The doctor said, you won't see sick children. What? What doctor? Well, if the baby has a fever, we can't see. 
Peter McCulloch said this. Unfortunately, when you become a doctor, you don't check a box that says courageous. Most of them are bookworms. Most of them are fearful. Most of them live wrapped in their own fears. They're afraid to get the virus. So please, this is not a, if you got the vaccine, you're an idiot, hardly at all. I might be a bigger idiot for not getting the vaccine. I don't want to claim to. I just, when somebody says, you got to get it. Did you get your vaccine? I'm not getting it. I'm getting it. Okay, sorry. Just call it my rebellious spirit. Call it growing up Italian-American, whatever. You're going to do this. No, I'm not. It's good for you. I'm not doing it anyway. Why? Because you told me to. As soon as you tell me not to, that's when I'll do it. Yeah. That's right. So watch this. The Nuremberg trials were established that all humanity would be guarded in, by an international legal shield and that even a head of state would be held criminally responsible for punishment for the aggression and crimes against humanity. So the world said we can never let anything like this happen again. The world said we can never let Nazism go. Why? Because we all ignored it. This guy ravaged country after country after country, killing people, six million Jews and seven million black people and other Europeans. He killed them. And everybody sat by and did nothing. And everybody afterwards said, how did we let that happen? How did we let that happen? We can never let that happen again. So the Nuremberg trials, the Nuremberg trials were, they were held and they said, okay, let's establish this. Anybody, it doesn't matter whether they're a president, we will be bigger then each nation's divided, united, we will hold all accountable. Yes! What are the crimes against humanity? Here they are. Murder, extermination, enslavement, deportation or forcible transfer of population, imprisonment, torture, sexual violence, persecution against an identifiable group, enforced disappearance of persons. You know, everything they're doing in China. And now they're starting to do in Australia. And coming to a city near you in America. Now, last thing, and this is the last thing, another minute. Remember I read to you all that stuff about the mark of the beast, and I go, ooh, got a little spooky for a bit, right? Guys, listen to this, please. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. Not even close. And you ready for this? According to the Bible, Christian you're not going to be here for that. We will be gone before the Antichrist reveals himself. Before, before the Antichrist reveals himself, before the mark of the beast, we're going to be raptured out of here. Now, you could say one of two things. Are you sure? Or I don't believe that. I can't help you with that. I know I'm sure. If you got the vaccine, you didn't commit the, 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 oh, that's the sin that the Bible talks about. Stop it. Stop it. You didn't receive the mark of the beast by accident, but you got to be careful because the Bible does say that in the last days that this government, this, this, this antichrist is going to deceive the elect as well. But according to scripture based, and if you want to go over that stuff, it's already too long today. It's going to be after the Holy Spirit has left and you have no more chance for discernment. The Holy Spirit is going to take his people out and he's going to be out of this world. And you're going to be forced to live amongst the wicked with almost no 
Holy Spirit support. It's going to be a bad time. Good time to be a Christian, bad time not to be. So, let me simplify it again. Obey the government rules. Don't drink and drive and don't say you were uh, doing communion and that's why you got drunk. Okay? Don't sell iguanas and say it's your, it's your right given by the Declaration of Independence and God says, no, you stop selling iguanas, okay? If that's, if that's what it is, that's what it is. Fight all you can fight. If they cut your business out and they tell you you can't sell insurance, if you can't do tattoos, if, they, if you can't do air conditioning, obey the government authorities. God will take care of you. Stop selling herb. Stop. You can smoke all the weed you want. Just love God with it. Okay, see, that's the thing. You can smoke all the... Well, listen, and, and again, I'll, let me reiterate this, because I, I said that last week. You weren't here last week. I know that. Remember you weren't here last week? Remember you missed church last week? <laughs> just, just want to make sure you remember, because we remember. If you're going to smoke pot and read the Bible, you'll stop smoking pot. If you're going to smoke pot and not read the Bible, you'll, stop, you'll keep worshiping the pot. Don't be on the pot. Get off of the pot. It's no good for you. However, if your options are, I'm going to smoke pot, and because I smoke pot, I'm not going to go to church, keep smoking pot, but come to church. Okay? And then when God's spirit moves on you, then you'll cut the pot out because you'll realize you're not going to be able to worship God as a pothead. It's really, really hard. You don't think straight, you won't act straight. But I just want to make sure, because I said that foolishly ahead of my mouth, as always. Don't break the law unless the law tells you not to worship God. I could have just said that and said goodbye, but I did the whole thing. Okay, if you have any questions about anything I said, read those, read those things that I gave you. Look at your rights as an American and see how they've been infringed upon. And know that the government that's being put in place, the socialist government, the first thing they're going to do is do away with your rights. They're going to get rid of all of those, um, of all those articles. They're going to get rid of them because they don't want them. A free people they don't want. A people who think for themselves they don't want. A united people they don't want. A church like ours would never exist. Black, Hispanic, Asian, together in one place, united, white, they hate us. They will always hate us. You understand that? We're not a voting block. That's, that's we can't be manipulated. So much more. We'll, we'll, we'll save it for another lifetime. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your wisdom. We thank you so much for your freedom. We thank you that your word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, I pray that your word above everything else has gone forth and those that are seething in their anger or confused in, in, the, in the verbiage, God, I pray by the power of your spirit, you would help them to, um, to make sense of all this information. So much information, God, I thank you for it all. God, I pray against the lies of the enemy and the lies of the government. Pray that the truth shall set us free every day. In the name of Christ, amen. 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 amen.